So, uh, let's just uh, look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're grateful again for this time together. We ask that the lessons we learned out of this uh, book of Nahum will be able to exhort our own lives and, and to build us up, strengthen us, and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I, I handed out, um, and i got to get these certain things open back up here. I had them uh, closed earlier on my computer screen. But uh, we see that uh, we've already seen how the judgment God has... Uh, given Nineveh through chapter 1 and 2 uh, have been laid out and uh, we come to chapter 3 and we'll start reading at verse 1 and realize that now he's he's getting down to really laying out how or what's going to take place in that city of uh, Nineveh. Uh, verse 1 Woe to the bloody city, it is all full of lies and robbery, the prey departeth not. The noise of a whip, and the noise of the rattling of the wheels, and of the prancing horses, and of the jumping chariots. The horsemen lifted up both the bright sword and the glittering spear, and there is a multitude of slain, and a great number of carcasses, and there is none end or no end of their corpses. They stumble upon their corpses because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcrafts that selleth nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcraft. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts. I will discover thy skirts upon thy face, and I will show the nations thy nakedness and the kingdoms thy shame. We're going to stop there right now. I did hand out, or I did send out, have Steve send out to you different handouts, not that we're going to refer to them much, but hopefully you received them and had a chance to look at, we have the chronological list of prophets in the Old Testament, and it kind of gives tentative years for each of the prophets, and you see of the uh, prophets, even though it's not the first one in order in our Bibles, Jonah was the first prophet. And it breaks it down, prophets of Israel, prophets of Judah, prophets of the captivity, and prophets of the return to Jerusalem. So hopefully you can get an idea of their order. And you see here that Jonah was the first prophet of Israel, and Jonah did visit the city of Nineveh, whereas Nahum is the first prophet of Judah. And there's no mention at all whether he actually went to Nineveh or not. The, uh, there's another timeline, uh, the colored one, and it too shows that, you know, Jonah... And it breaks it down, and you come on down through. Uh, 
Nahum. And now on this one, it shows the destructive of Nineveh as 632. But most of the uh, sources that I I read and and I refer to have the destruction of Nineveh as 612 BC. And I think that's a little probably a little more accurate. But hopefully it'll give you this something just to keep in hand, hand to remind you of uh, different things, not only uh, of our study of Nahum here, but others. And then hopefully you also receive the map of the Assyrian conquests. On there you'll see Nineveh, and as they proceeded south and then also uh, south uh West kind of gives the years of of conquest. Uh, Aram, Damascus, uh, 732 BC, Jerusalem, 701, and then down into Egypt as 670. Um, we're, we'll probably refer more to this um, next week or the following week, probably next week. Uh, in reference to uh, verses on down in the chapter. But just to also give you an idea, it shows you Babel. Uh, it also shows you Ur of the Chaldee. And uh, remember in Daniel, we, we studied about uh, Shushan. And it shows you where Shushan is located in all in relationship to all these. But as we get back to our study... Woe to the bloody city. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more next week about uh, this. Uh, in verse 8, it mentions populace no. We're going to probably talk a little more about that next week. But when the Assyrians would go into an area... Uh, they first gave them the opportunity to take to pay for protection. Now, we in our different cities around, especially with gangs and stuff, if I say um, a gang would go into a store and ask for protection money, I ho hopefully you understand what I'm saying by that. Uh, they wouldn't mess with the business. If the guy paid him protection money. But if he didn't, well, he would very, it would usually find that uh, there would be stuff missing. He might even be ransacked and to the point maybe even burned out of his store. Uh, you know, some of the gangs even today are, are rather ruthless in that way. Uh, but if the guy pay, paid protection, protection money, then uh, it wouldn't be so. And, and just as an example, uh, let me go back to Second uh, Kings. Let's turn back to Second Kings uh, chapter 18 and look at that. First, for Second Kings eighteen, not verse nine, eighteen verse nine. Now keep in mind, King Hezekiah. If you were to look at your sheets that I handed out, was the king before Nahum. 
Verse 9, And it came to pass in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, the Shalman, Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. And at the end of three years they took it, even in the sixth year of Hezekiah, that is the ninth year of Hoshea, king of Israel. Samaria was taken. And the king of Assyria did away, carry away Israel unto Assyria and put them in Hala and in Habor by the river of Gozan in the city of the Medes. Because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant in all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded and would not hear them nor do them. Now in the fourteenth year, of King Hezekiah did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish, saying, I have offended, return from me that which thou puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. At that time did Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. So I we probably, I don't know if you ever thought about it, but here, here is King Hezekiah basically paying protection money. <laughs> it's hard for us to think of it that way, but that's what it is. He was paying for Assyria not to, to destroy them completely. But here is Nahum. Woe to the bloody city. It is full of lies and robbery. The prey departeth not. The noise of a whip and the noise of the rattling of the wheels and of the prancing horses and of the jumping chariots. The horsemen lifted up both the bright sword and the glittering spear, and there is a multitude of slain and a great number of carcasses. There is none end of their corpses, and they stumble upon their corpses. When you stop and think in that day and age, even now in this day and age, if we were to hear the rumbling of engines and metal tank traps coming down the highway, uh, air, jet no, airplane noises overhead, uh, not in the sense of here we live at, you know, Lucy and I live here at Camp Horizon. We're one mile from the end of one of the runways. And uh, every day we hear planes, usually every day. Uh, right now, they, the runway that runs the other way opposite us, uh, they're working on. So all the planes have to come in and out of this one runway. And we hear them all day long and kind of expect it. It's not anything that brings us fear by any means. But if you lived in a quiet area, especially Nineveh, Nineveh, the great capital of Assyria, 
uh, why? We're in charge. We're in charge of all this territory. And then all of a sudden you hear the rattling of the wheels of chariots and the hooves of horses uh, coming down the, down the road, knowing it's not yours. It's not yours that are coming. They're out in other places taking care of business. So what's happening? What's going on? Well, this is when the Medes came in and started fighting. And, and that's what took place in 612 B.C. And we see that uh, Nineveh, I mean Nahum gave a warning. Now keep in mind Assyria is, is overseeing the leadership of, of uh, Judah at this time. So it's not like uh, Nahum's out you know, he just wrote this down and, and hid it away. He's probably out on the street corner. He's probably out where uh, Assyrians can hear him cry out, Beware! Woe to the bloody city! And you can just see, well, what's going on here? And then, oh, they're thinking, oh, that can't happen to Nineveh. Great Nineveh! But they did not heed the warning as we will see. Um, the horsemen lifting up both the bright sword and glittering spear. Now, when, a, when these Assyrians came in to an area, uh, they were, you either paid them protection, protection money or they conquered you. you. They took away the men as slaves, they made harlots of uh, prostitutes of the women. They killed children and, and family. Whoever might rise up against them, they would ruthlessly uh, slaughter. And this is a warning here. that uh, and, and keep in mind, it, in, in verse 4, it reads, Because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot, um, this isn't talking just about that kind of thing as much as uh, the kingdoms that uh, the that were that they had already conquered these different kingdoms or the ones just outside their realm of sphere such as the Medes uh, you know, they're the ones that are going to bring about this destruction of Nineveh. Assyria was not a, a worshiper of the true God. Uh, in this case, it's, it's as in the case of Israel or even Judah, apostasy, uh, it's not a case of apostasy to the worship of false gods, but her uh, harlot-like artifices whereby she allured neighboring states so as to subject them to herself. Keep in mind, this is what I was saying about protection money. She comes and says, oh, if you will pay us, we will protect you. We will, we will, you know, it's very alluring if you stop and think about it. Uh, it the temptation is there. 
And this is what's kind of referred to as the well-favored harlot and the whoredoms. Uh, mistress of witchcraft. You know, it's it's the allurement of uh, love and incantations. You know, it's like it pointed out in the book of the Proverbs uh, in a few places that that the harlots tried to to lure and ensnare youths by being very attractive in their speech and in their dress. It's how it's it's this uh, insinuation that oh. You come with me and everything will be fine. And uh, we know that, that things were not fine. These were not the way God had deemed that the nation of Israel and Judah were to be. We know that they were the ones that were supposed to be a witness and a shining light unto the nations. And yet, here they are conquered by the Assyrians. And uh, Nahum is just warning them that, that you know, they, the, these nations are being sold out. You know, when they come in and take over, they also scatter the families. They take and put them in different places. Uh, reminds me, of a friend of ours that was a uh, uh, that belonged to the sower organization up up in Ontario, uh, they were asked to go to Siberia. And being uh, Mennonite and could speak Pennsylvania, what we call term Pennsylvania Dutch, which is a German language. They they were invited to go there uh, on a mission trip. And they said, well, what do we do about the language? Oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And and they spent days traveling from the United States, or actually from Ontario, over to Siberia, flew into Moscow, and then got on a train and went to Siberia. Well, Siberia is a long way away from Moscow, and it's even a longer way from Germany. But... After World War II, there were certain towns that were conquered. And these towns were uprooted and sent out to Siberia. The whole town, German-speaking people, and they still spoke in that language. And when uh, Ben and Erna got out there, oh, with, with, it, with a, just a few exceptions, they speak, we can speak common language together. And that's what Assyria did. Uh, that's what a lot of nations will do. So it's not something new that happened after World War II or other times. It happened way back here. So it said that we already read in, in Second Kings that uh, 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 Shalmaneser, when he captured Israel, did that. He relocated the people in Israel over close to Mede. And you'll find that media. You'll find that on your map. So as we continue here, uh, verse 5, we finally see here in this chapter 
God is speaking through Nahum. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts. I will discover thy skirt upon thy face. Basically, he's going to shame them. He's going to shame them as they had shamed others. He's going to expose them for who and what they were. He's going to show the nations thy nakedness and the kingdoms thy shame. And I will cast abominable filth upon thee and make thee vile and set thee as a gazing stock. For those that were not killed, those that were not, as, as verse 3 points out, as they would continue on in the city, the corpses were laying there. And as more and more of the Medes came in to the area, they'd stumble over the corpses that were already killed. If those that were not killed, he's going to basically, uh, you might, might say, throw dung on them. You know, abominable filth so that nobody will want them. And then set them up like a like a livestock out in the field slaves to which yes they would be sold but who would want them who would want them so uh, i'm going to stop here and turn it over see if anybody's got any other thoughts for the moment Mm-hmm. <laughs>